Step into the hidden corridors of the past with Hometown History, where every episode uncovers the untold stories and secrets nestled in the streets and alleys of our own backyards. We bring history to life, revealing the extraordinary in the ordinary, from local legends to forgotten tales that shape the communities we know today. Tune into Hometown History and embark on a journey through time, right from where you are. Soundsington Media! The Unspookable team is gearing up for spooky season with all new episodes and researching your suggestions for episodes on ghosts, SCP, scary games, and much, much more. But you may have also noticed some of our recent episodes where we get to talk to some of our favorite creators working in the middle grade horror space. If you or your grown-ups are on social media, you may have already heard of today's guest. They curate some of our favorite books, movies, animation, and more, with a great blend of the new and the classics. We're talking to the creator and owner of the social media channels Horror for Kids, Renye Croft, on this episode of Unspookable. I'm Elise Parisian, here with Unspookable producer, Nate Dufort. Hey, Nate. Hey, Elise. I had a great conversation with this week's guest. I'll let you do the honors of introducing. We're excited this week to welcome Renye Croft, creator and owner of the social media channels Horror for Kids, a spooky place for kids of all ages to celebrate all things horror. Thanks for joining us, Renye. We're all such big fans of what you do and are super excited to be talking today about Horror for Kids. But before we get into it, we need to know what is Horror for Kids and how and why did you start it? Well, first of all, thank you so much for those kind words. It's always so great to hear sequels, positive feedback, and I really, really appreciate that. So thank you so much. Horror for Kids started during COVID and I had lost my job. I wasn't working. And I'd always kind of wanted to create a space for the horror that I kind of grew up with. The thing is, at first, I actually wanted to be kind of like, a, like an after-school day camp kind of thing, where like for two or three hours after school, you'd bring your kids, and you know, for an hour and a half, we'd watch Are You Afraid of the Dark? and bake all these cool, sneaky themes, goodies, cookies, and I'd read those stories from, you know, all the childhood horror books that we grew up with. And so uh, just the logistics of that's quite complicated and having to find a space for that and creating a whole day camp thing. So I thought, well, let me maybe start a little bit smaller with social media and uh, this time of posting favorite clips and, you know, things that I remember growing up from TV shows or movies or some books of the kid. And uh, yeah, that's like how it started. And the honest kind of started to roll from there. I think people were really kind of, uh, kind of gravitate towards the nostalgia of it all and kind of connecting to, you know, things that also traumatized them as a kid and, and things that scared them growing up. And so, yeah, so that's, that's the origins of horror with kids. It all started kind of, uh, I did something that I've always wanted to do and, and something that a lot of people don't know about me. I was a big chicken, like a really big chicken. So for a long time, uh, horror for me kind of stayed within the realm of PG, PG-13. Uh, that recently changed in Started to watch a little bit more art and whatnot, but for a long time it was PV, PV 13. Uh, so I, I 
fell in love with that that kind of uh, MC level horror. And so I just wanted to share that with the world. Obviously, nostalgia plays a huge part of it for, you know, us 80s or 90s kids there. Are you seeing a lot of engagement from younger audiences, middle grade audiences that a lot of this content uh, was intended for originally? So that I find varies by platform. I find on Instagram, the Instagram work is definitely there's a lot more of a younger group that, um, you know, engages their comments and the fine lots there. Twitter, I find, is a mix of that, but I do find it's predominantly a lot of parents, uh, you know, 70s, 80s kids who are now parents and, and can kind of share their love of horror with the kids. And then they're looking for, you know, suggestions as to what's on these days and, you know, kind of reminded us of what they grew up with, things to show their kids now. And I think that's the bulk of my Twitter, what is uh, called X now, but my, my, my ex followers. Uh, yeah, so I'd say they're mostly like the parents of, of you know, kids and teens. What is it about the horror genre, about being scared that you think appeals to kids? I think kids, kids have a very, very large imagination. Within that imagination, there's a lot of unknown. And, you know, growing up, your place in the world where, yeah, there's a lot that you don't know. So when you hear about stories about the unknown, it's so much more appealing because it, it's so much different than your everyday. And, it, and it, it's, it's all married with their vivid imagination as a kid that have a friends and it's all tied into things that are unknown. The Loch Ness Monster, mummies, vampires, all these tropes are, are things that kids gravitate to because it intrigues them. Yeah, we couldn't agree more. You know, as we took on this show, we started realizing our listeners are of the age where they're starting to test and challenge boundaries, things just outside of their control as they're looking for autonomy. Where That age when parents go from being the source of information to being a source of information. And we love on the show... Um, helping to explain or at least contextualize the brain science, what's happening and why this is tied to a primal fear that humans as just another animal all experience. And it's not unlike what any other animal that could be prey in the wild would necessarily experience. These are, uh, our, our fear is a thing that protects us in these situations. And I love talking to kids that have that realization of just like, oh yeah, I'm just trying to test where my line or where my limit is with this stuff. And I think like you, I grew up as a scaredy cat. I remember going to Toys R Us, uh, you know, toy store back in the day, buying a Freddy Krueger statue. It's sitting on my shelf for one night, me taking it right back to the store and getting my, uh, my money from mowing lawns back. It took it back the next day, uh, because I just couldn't have that thing looking at me in sleep. That's hilarious. That's, that's absolutely hilarious. And I think it's, it's a whole other discussion in itself too, that, you know, Freddy Krueger was this, you know, very much R rated horror villain was being marketed at Toys R Us, which is predominantly a kid store, you know, and you were able to purchase it as a kid, right? It just, it just, it really goes to show the impact or, uh, you know, as far back as the seven, how much impact the genre has really had on all ages. So 
you know, you post with such frequency that I have to know, like, what what is your approach to content curation? Where does this come from? Like, what are your goals? Are you hitting those goals? Uh, so this is one of my favorite questions. And uh, I, you know, people are always baffled by my response, but there really is no strategic method to my curation of posts. I, I, honest to God, it's the most random thing. Like whatever thoughts come to my head about previous media that I've kind of gone through in my brain, it's like uh, the children's horror media and such media. And so what, what, whichever page it stops on could be Scooby-Doo one day, could be Adam Sammy the other moment, it could be whatever it stops on. I, I kind of do like a little research, a, a, like a little Google deep dive into that topic. And I find things I haven't done before or, uh, you know, and, and, and Sometimes this takes five weeks, sometimes this takes two days, you know. So there's no real, uh, you know, stature of, of, of the way I post. All very random. Now, for example, if, if it's like a special day or a special event, then whatever, I'll, I'll try and I'll tell my best to stick on trend with whatever's happening. For example, Goosebumps and Reboot was just announced today, right? So I obviously want to get involved with that and try and keep up with what's happening with that. But for the most part, it's completely random. And uh, I, as we kind of briefly talked about before this, I, like my day job, I wake up at four o'clock in the morning and uh, how busy I am varies. So there's times where I am slammed, there's times where I'm free for an hour. So I have a lot of time at that time of the way to kind of skim through the internet, skim through Instagram, skim through Google, Twitter, looking for content and some of that. If you notice, all my posts during the week, they all kind of, Usually start around eight o'clock in the morning. It's because I've been up since four o'clock researching, like, just excited to start posting with the world. I'm hoping that everyone's up by night. <laughs> but uh, in terms of hitting my goals, I mean, that's kind of a tough question because, and like the people that I've been following since I have a hundred followers would know that like, I've posted 10 times a day when I had five followers or I had 80,000 followers. I just post and I try and share all the things that I love. More after this. Everybody shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, Box of Oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the Box of Oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. Let Mysteries at Midnight be your destination for detective whodunits and captivating mystery stories. You'll hear classic stories like Sherlock Holmes, Agatha Christie's Poirot, and short tales from H.G. Wells, Charles Dickens, Edgar Allan Poe, and others. I'm Christopher, and I read these classic stories in the soothing style of a bedtime story, so you can listen to them in bed when you drift off to sleep. 
I also host the number one sleep podcast in the world called Sleep Cove, where millions drift off to meditations, hypnosis and bedtime stories. We soon realised that listeners wanted to hear our mystery stories all in one place. So we created Mysteries at Midnight, where you can listen to all new tales every week. Search for Mysteries at Midnight on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or your favourite podcast app and follow and subscribe so you don't miss out on new episodes. So why don't you pick a story now and can you guess the twist? Now is such a great time to be a horror fan. Goosebumps coming back uh, on Disney Plus, or is it uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark podcast series being announced by Nickelodeon? Like, it's a great time, but I want to hear, like, all time, what's your favorite, like, kid-friendly horror properties? Like, what's the best of the best for you? All-time favorite kids for Power for pound, I'm going to have to say, I would have to eat. Are you afraid of the dark? I'm a 90s kid. I was born in 92. So I caught it at my childhood. And uh, it just blew my mind. And I followed it every single single. To this day, I hard to God, to this day, I watched an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark every single day. It could be the same one, but I, I, I watched an episode every single day. I usually pray God to go to sleep or whatever. Part of what makes it my favorite is that even it's re- began in 2019, if I'm not mistaken, there's been uh, three, three seasons of its reboot now. They're all phenomenal and they all hold true to the, the, the kind of pushing the boundaries horror for kids that I remember growing up. And, and it's funny because when I left, when, no, it was the sec- when the second season came out, my little cousin from the States was staying with me. He, he was probably about 15 at the time, 14 at the time. And uh, we watched the whole thing, and he was as terrified as I remember being at that age. Just it brought back so many memories of like, wow, this is this is the are you afraid of the dark that the world is changed. And so I'm I'm really hoping that uh, you know the Goosebumps reboot also has that spirit back into it as I'm really excited for it. But yeah, I have to say pound for pound, are you afraid of the dark? You've got to interview some pretty amazing guests from the world of horror. Uh, do you have any favorites or standouts that you want to call attention to? You know, I am very fortunate with some amazing people and chat with the main people like yourself. Um, so shout out to all of the authors that have I've worked with me uh, here in the past, and they're all phenomenal. My favorite interviews, DJ McHale, who created Are You Afraid of the Dark? Uh, I had the chance to work with Play Disgusting on that interview, which was a great from Trill itself. So that was that was just amazing. Um, Ross Hall, who played Gary from Are You Afraid of the Duck? That was another great one. He's he's so nice, so kind. Oh, I, I got to interview Hilary Newton, who's who was one of the animators of Courage of the Cowardly God. And that was that was such a fun thing to do. And it just kind of blew my mind and set kind of that process of animating some of our favorite curds of cowardly unseen so i really really enjoyed that interview and actually uh i have an interview coming out i have a chance to interview michael schwartz who co-wrote i'm in the rl stein zombie town movie and so that was really cool to hear his insight on what it led to write on a pg-13 movie you know rl study the last rl style adaptation was fear street which was r and yeah goosebumps we'll sit right in the middle of that so it's interesting to hear 
kind of how that worked out. You can only pick one. Count Chocula, Frankenberry, Booberry, or the new Carmella Creeper. Count Chocula. Yeah. <laughs> What's yours? Definitely Count Chocula. There's something about when you, when you mix it up, you get that chocolate milk in there. Oh, totally. That's like a two-in-one that, that's just death's kiss for sure. <laughs> Not to slag any of the other ones, but oh, Count Chocula is, is definitely what, yeah, my favorite. All right. Any recommendations for books, movies, animation that our audience may not have heard of? One of my favorite um, animated horror for instant media is Martin Mystery. I'm not sure if, if you've heard of a show called Martin Mystery before. No. Martin Mystery is a, uh, an animated adaptation of, uh, I believe it's an Italian or French comic series. I think it's Canadian. It's by the same a uh, production company that we totally spies. And there are some episodes that I, like, I, I literally believe are quite like their homage to, you know, classic horror movies, zombie movies, but every episode is so good. I, I, I just love that growing up. And most of where it's filmed, because each episode is like a different city where they go and try to figure out a mystery of what's happening. But they're 75% or like 80% of them we're Canadian. So being Canadian, it was cool to like see places in Canada that, you know, they go and find a bad sheet or a ghost or whatever. So that's a really cool show. If you have a chance to you I believe some, um, some or most of, or all of the episodes are out on YouTube. Martin Mystery is great. All of the authors that I've worked with have put out some amazing books. Uh, as, as we've spoke about Trevor Henderson has a great one coming up, Scarewaves. Um, Night Books is one of my favorite movies. It's on Netflix. It came out in 2021. Uh, that's probably one of my favorite modern day kids horror movies. It's so good. Uh, I, I love Haunting Opera. The Nightmare Room. A lot of people didn't know that R.L. Stunt actually came out with a TV series after Goosebumps that aired on Kids WB for like, I don't know, like one year or two years. I think it had like one or two seasonal tops. But um, The Nightmare Room was a phenomenal anthology kids teams it was like a step up from goosebumps however maybe not as scary as haunting hour but right in the middle there it was was so good and it's it's been so hard to fight over the years as it was never made i think a couple episodes were made into physical media but for the most part it wasn't um but youtube also has has the bulk of the now so if you have a chance type up the nightmare room on else that there's some like unbelievable celebrities in it which will just blow your mind. Uh, yeah, so that's all. Probably two of my, my favorite ones that I don't think a lot of people have heard of. Thank you so much for uh, coming on Unspookable today. Uh, like, it's just a thrill to like meet you and have this conversation. And we can't wait to turn our audience onto everything it is that you're doing. Thank you so much for having me. This chat was great. But like, like it, it was the most natural flowing thing ever this was such a fun chat and if you ever need to come back on the show i would absolutely renier thank you so much for joining us you can check out horror for kids on x and on instagram at horror the number four kids that's it for this episode of unspookable i'm your host elise parisian joined this week by unspookable producer nate dufort our theme song and additional music composed by Jesse Case. Our logo was created by Natalie Kewen. If you enjoy the show, make sure to tell your friends. 
You can leave us a rating and review in your podcast player of choice, or share an episode on social media. Speaking of social media, you can find Unspookable on Twitter and Instagram. Follow us for a peek behind the scenes and for updates on the show. Unspookable is a production of Soundsington Media, committed to making quality programming for young audiences and the young at heart. For more information on our shows and the people behind them, go to www.soundsingtonmedia.com. Hey, it's Meredith and Brian from Reach, a space podcast for kids. Have you got kids who can't break away from their screens at bedtime? Then this is definitely for you. Brian and I just collaborated with an amazing podcast called Coco Sleep. It's packed with original bedtime stories and sleep meditations for kids and hosted by our friend Abby Ofer from England. Abby delivers each story in soft, slumbery tones, getting slower as the episode goes on to encourage sleep. And there are tons of beloved characters, Coco the Koala, the Jupiter Twins, and our new pals, Hector and Sunny, who we may have encouraged to help us explore space. Definitely check out that episode entitled Hector and Sunny in Space, or any of their other 200-plus stories and meditations with three episodes added every single week. Coco Sleep has helped improve over 10 million bedtimes since its launch in late 2021 and now welcomes one million listeners a month. One million and two if you count us. That's right. So tonight, find out what all of the fuss is about. Subscribe to Coco Sleep wherever you listen to podcasts and start listening for free tonight. Just search K-O-K-O Sleep on your favorite podcast app and make bedtimes a dream. Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now.